0: Welcome to Mermaid's Medicine Cabinet, the podcast where we open up the medicine cabinet and discover ways to optimize our mind, body, and soul, plus adding some salt water in there, diving deep into functional and integrative medicine topics in all things health and wellness. I'm Megan Perry, a board-certified physician assistant, and I'm so happy that you're here. Let's see what's in the cabinet today. What's up, guys? Super excited for today. I'm pumped to dive into the basics. I think it's super important to, you know, just take a step back, reflect back on it. Life can get super busy and hectic. And before you know it, you're like, wow, I didn't go to the gym for two months. (laughs) Uh, Happens all the time for me. So um, I think it's really important to just go through each of these sections and really kind of take a step back and see where we could maybe up level that space a little bit more spend more time there Um, and I guarantee that we will be feeling better if we try to balance out all these sections so yeah so it might seem a little basic but uh, I think we could all use that little reminder and really want to try to tune into yourself. And once we balance these six areas, uh, we are really working towards optimizing the mind, body, and soul. And in turn, a happier and healthier you. I promise. <laughs> I'm a big believer that once these areas are more well balanced, then everything just is interconnected and working better, and your nervous system's more well balanced. You're, you're happier. You're feeling better. You're able to pour more of who you are, your true self, better to all the people around you, okay? So no guilt on spending time on yourself. I see you, especially you guys out there who have others who depend on you, like little kiddos or taking care of your parents or um, if you're practitioners, taking care of patients. Um, really, you really need to take time on your to take care of yourself, so... We're gonna get into it. Get your weekly dose of feel good on the website. I have this really cool illustration that kind of shows these six areas and um, the mind, body, soul, and how it's all interconnected. And I think it's really a really cool visual. I'm I'm a visual learner, and uh, I think it really ties everything together. Really cool. So if you want to take a look at that, and uh, all right, let's get into it. So. when these six pillars aren't balanced, that's when dysfunction and illness comes into play. And my goal is to help you to remove whatever causes these imbalances and let's bring back and provide that balance. We are all biochemically unique, and in functional and integrated medicine, we focus on what you specifically need in order to thrive and add in those supplemental therapies to conventional medicine. And so in this episode we are going to lay more of that foundation of health and wellness and in future episodes we'll likely go into much more detail. I know it's so easy to brush off these fundamentals sometimes because life just happens and we could all use that reminder like I said to put back our more of our energy into these six areas and I guarantee you will start to feel a little bit more like yourself. So a lot of the time, this day and age, we treat disease with medications, surgical in- interventions. When lifestyle is so powerful and really isn't educated enough, and there's lots of reasons why, you know, that happens. Um, reimbursement rates are very low for patient education. There's high payouts for procedures. Practitioners we're expected to see large volumes of patients in very short periods of time. There's, it's just nearly impossible. To cover everything in a short 15-minute visit and it's very overwhelming um, further contributing to healthcare burnout like for example a hospital receive much more money for a diabetic foot amputation for example but not as much with education that's just the way it is and think of how many procedures could be avoided if there was a proper allowed time in the health system to provide more diabetes education to prevent the foot to get to that severity in the first place. I just want to throw that out there and not dwell on it too much, but basically the way we practice medicine has to be modified to allow more time for education and have to focus more on prevention. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. So let's get into the first pillar. That's nutrition and foods. Okay. It's no surprise. So the, the most simple best thing I learned from functional medicine is how food is truly medicine. It's so important how we nourish our bodies. They're calling the gut, the second brain. That's crazy. <laughs> it's the largest immune organ. It handles about 75% of our body's immune function. 95% of serotonin is made in your GI tract. When I heard this, I was like, wow, no wonder I was feeling crazy. I was eating I was eating like crap, feeding my body with this crap, and no wonder my mood was being so affected. Food sensitivities are way more common than we think, too. Almost 64% of hospitalizations for COVID-19 were resulted from a poor diet. Okay, I despise the word diet, so we're going to refrain from using that, and we're going to throw it away and just forget about it but (laughs) that's why i tell my patients and clients there's no diets here it's a lifestyle diets don't last they make you feel restricted from life increasing unsatisfaction i can't get no satisfaction i can't get no satisfaction (laughs) i couldn't help but think of britney spears when um yeah, I just love my love my girl pretty. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, I first want to get into talking about the eighty twenty rule because I know it can be super easy to get overwhelmed in thinking about eating healthy one hundred percent of the time, and that's why I felt that you know you have to enjoy life, and I'm a big believer in indulging life's beautiful pleasures. So if you haven't heard eighty twenty before basically eighty-twenty. it's a guide for your everyday eating habits. That is eating nutritious whole foods 80% of the time and relaxing on that 20%. This prescription, you could call it because food is medicine, remember? It serves more of a mindset guide rather than a strict and limiting conventional diet. The 80-20 rule, it comes from the Pareto Principle, Federico Perito, Perito, he was an economist and philosopher. He discovered that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by only 20% of people. He started to find that this principle could be applied to a lot of other areas of life, even in his garden. He found that 20% of the pea plants created 80% of the pea pods. Basically, it's saying 80% of the results will come from just 20% of your actions. We need to prioritize our time on what is most important. I have a hard time remember, uh, keeping this one in mind. So, <laughs> And for the record, these numbers do not have to be exact. It's not an exact science. It's just meant to be a rough estimate. And of course, we want to be healthy individuals providing our bodies with the nutrients we need. We want to be sure to incorporate a var- variety of all different kinds of foods, whole grains, fruits and vegetables, lean proteins. But you got to love the 20% concept too because life is meant to be enjoyed. And on your vacation in Italy, you deserve to eat all the carbs and wine you like and not to feel guilty about it. And you should be able to enjoy special occasions. You shouldn't feel shame about an, a night catching up with friends and ordering a pizza. You just have to keep in mind of being moderation on those um, relaxed days. And with practicing 80-20, It takes out that worry and you're not wasting your energy on stressing over foods if that's something that you feel like you've been experiencing. And 80-20 might look different for everybody. You just have to find out what works best for you. For me, we try to stick to healthy foods during the week. um, And then on the weekends is when we relax a little bit. Is it perfect? No. However, it does take a very little thought and it works for us but it doesn't just stop with food with 80-20. So 80-20 is actually a pretty good life hack in a lot of different aspects of life. So you could use it in your relationships, self-care routine, career, success, just so much. Increasing productivity, you can prioritize the tasks that you need to get done during the day. And you can apply it to decision-making too. Basically, it's a way of introducing new habits without ever restricting the things that light your soul on fire and that the things that you love to do. Life becomes so busy and chaotic, it's inevitable. And it can be easy to lose self-care practicing while you're juggling a million different things, while you're trying to run a smooth house, take care of other people, excel in your career. And instead of focusing the things that don't bring you results, focus on those things and those efforts and putting your energy into the things, that minority of things, that bring you the most results. So find those small things that bring you the biggest results. Um, For me, some of those things are journaling daily, staying connected with friends and family, getting to the water as much as possible, some form of movement, no matter what, even if it's just 20 minutes of, like, what i call like dancing slash stretching weirdness like it's just you got if even on the craziest day you worked a 12-hour shift you j- come home do that 20 minute of weird dancing movement okay well that's what i tell myself um stretching daily is another one body body weight exercises so nothing doesn't have to be anything too crazy just movement and Don't forget, the whole point is to maximize results and give you more time and energy to spend time doing the things that you love to do. And by incorporating better habits into your life, you can focus on those small wins rather than worrying about getting something done. And this sense of accomplishment, it releases dopamine in your brain and increasing your happiness. I would recommend just to play around with it, see what works best for you. worked really well for, for us uh, for me anyways, and it really provides more of that balance where you can still feel like you enjoy, you're enjoying your life and not feeling guilty and still being very fulfilled because I don't know about you, but I love food. I grew up in a Polish household, our everything revolved around food. So, uh, yeah, happy, happy stomach, happy heart or whatever they say, <laughs> All right, so let's get back into nutrition. So you want to consume as many whole foods as possible. The goal should be to try to have as many plants for every meal as possible. And that's one of the reasons why I started really getting into making smoothies and smoothie bowls for breakfast and lunch because you can really load up those veggies in there and not being, you know, it's kind of disguised. (laughs) So I usually use spinach, kale, cauliflower mostly, and i swear by cauliflower i think it's the secret ingredient in smoothies along with bananas to get that um like that creamy thick texture if you're making a smoothie bowl um like if you really want to get crafty and make a cool um smoothie açaí bowl aesthetic in a coconut bowl <laughs> so you want to have that thick texture so you can actually like scoop it up rather than have like a watery mess so definitely have to have a frozen banana in there or a banana in there and I throw in some frozen cauliflower. So yeah, don't forget to use that trick. And then you want to get, uh, throw in the leafy greens in there. Fermented foods are also super important because they are good for digestion and immunity. They help create phytonutrients that have been shown to destroy cancer cells. And so in that fermentation process, um, with fermented foods you are extending their shelf life you can actually make this at home putting your vegetables in a glass jar adding salt and water and sealing it and this will load up load it up with probiotics i to be honest (laughs) i will just buy it so (laughs) i am just too lazy to do that so actually costco sells a brand that i really like it is called wild brine i heard about it from a friend her name is Serena. She's an MD and it basically wild brine. It's a company in Santa Rosa, California, and they make great ferments and it's available in Hawaii and even sold at Costco. So that's a huge win. Not affiliated with them. Just, I love, love that. And the sauerkraut, when I first heard sauerkraut, I'm like, oh, that sounds maybe not the best. <laughs> and surprisingly, it's actually decent. So other kind of fermented foods is like kimchi. Kimchi and sauerkraut are the popular ones. We want to decrease processed foods as much as possible. It's unbelievable about the amount of craziness they put in foods nowadays. If you look at a nutrition label and you have a difficult time pronouncing the ingredients, probably safe to say it's not good for you. The general rule of thumb is if you want to stay in the outer perimeter of grocery stores as opposed to the middle aisles, which tend to have more highly processed foods. Nutrition is actually estimated to contribute to about a third of preventable cancers. That's about the same as smoking. Mind-blowing, right? My passion is creating personalized plans that work for you because if it's not going to work for you, then what's the point? So I think that's super important. If you need any help meal planning, shoot me a message. All right. So the next pillar after nutrition, let's go pillar number two is movement and exercise. So of course this is gonna look different for everybody too, and it's about trialing and doing what you enjoy the most and listening to your body. And you might go into different phases too. I know I do. <laughs> like I, I'll go like really hard with like Pilates for a couple months, and then I'm like straying away from that and go back to like weight training, or then I'll get into running again. It, I don't know. Just go into phases. If you're under a lot of stress or super busy fitting in that movement, I know it's one of the harder things to try to do. That's, that's usually the first pillar that I, I let slide. Like I'll, like I said, I'll uh, definitely blow it off. I'll go weeks or months without ex- exercise, <laughs> and it's hard to really hard to start up again. And I know it seems this seems so simple just to mention exercise, but it can be so easy to forget and so easy to blow off. And I know I need this reminder a lot. So if you're feeling unmotivated or uninspired, sign up for a new type of class. Yoga, paddleboarding. I saw a paddleboarding class in a a pool, like um, an indoor pool. Spin, uh, beach body weight workout. And you could try to grab a friend and sucker them in because it can be easier to stick to something with a support system in place. And... You don't want to be that friend that bails when you have, you know, that 5 a.m. workout plan. So don't be that friend. <laughs> a study showed that doing mind body exercises such as Tai Chi, yoga, reduce insomnia symptoms and improved sleep quality compared to a non-exercise group. It's all interconnected, baby. We're going to get into sleep. Actually, next, this is a good segue. Let's go. Ahead. Let's get into sleep. Our next pillar. Pillar number three, sleep. Baby, you got to get those Zs. For adults, they say we need an average of about eight hours of sleep every night. And it depends on the person too. Some people may need more sleep than others. And some people can get away with less. Like my husband. It's not not fair. (laughs) So listen to your body. When you wake up in the morning, do you feel energized and well-rested? Or are you a character from The Walking Dead and you're zombying your way over to the coffee maker? <laughs> if you're in the latter group, let's look into this a little bit further. There's so much more research coming out there that literally doing little things can really uplevel your sleep game. And it really is a vital pillar to health. So what's the big deal? Why does getting enough sleep matter? It has become more and more clear that sleep should be considered a pillar of wellness. The body and brain are resilient and not getting enough sleep some nights here and there is okay, but if you suffer from persistent sleep deprivation or insomnia, it could be detrimental to your health. Sleep deprivation is known to induce oxidative stress and increase anxiety levels and may even damage DNA. It can affect your mental status, hormones, immune function, heart rate, blood pressure. The list goes on and on. And it's such a simple thing that we can really master. So how do we optimize sleep? I'm going to give you some tips and tricks to dive in there. Okay, so it's recommended to sleep in total darkness. You want to toss out those night lights, those cute little Christmas tinkle lights, and put them in another room. Don't leave them on when you're trying when you're going to bed and instead maybe invest in those blackout curtains it's also recommended to sleep in a cool space you want to avoid technology use looking at your phones computer tv screens right before bed you want to refrain from caffeine intake too late in the day uh for rule of thumb that i use is no later than 2 p.m. but this also will d- depend on the person some people have um faster metabolic rates so um it might even be like 12 p.m depending on the person just like just like sleep it really depends on you on how fast your metabolism is but um for general you could start trying like no later than 2 p.m the national institute of mental health says it's important to get natural light exposure at the very start of your day ideally within 30 minutes of waking up their studies show that it's vitally important for getting sleep later that night. So, if you live in an area with little light, you could try getting uh, a light box. So, the science behind this, they're saying that um, that exposure to sunlight or light first thing in the morning it times the cortisol to give you a spike, and in fourteen to sixteen hours after your exposure to light, then. It releases melatonin which will get you ready for sleep so this is something i've been once i heard this i started implementing um as soon as i wake up i make a cup of coffee and we go outside me and my dog and we just sit there and it just does bring that peace um you know like your town is still asleep and the birds are just starting to come out and chirping and it's just very peaceful and you're just um this is an ideal world too, I know, right? I know you guys with kids are like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> yeah, right, but <laughs> um, just try it if you can. And going back to the technology before bed, so blue light exposure, it inhibits the melatonin release, so it's best to refrain from technology before bed. They, If you have to, you know, get your uh, like Game of Thrones in or whatnot, then you can try blue light blocking glasses Um, you can get them on amazon and that could help with that if you're still having trouble sleeping there are supplements out there i'm sure you probably heard of melatonin there's also apigenin this is a flower extract that's in chamomile and parsley and that's why they say drinking chamomile tea can help you sleep uh, basically chamomile it helps turn off your thinking when i used to work in the er this was super helpful for like when i when i came home and it can help with anxiety too because of its calming effects going into the next pillar pillar number four is stress reduction this one is like near and near to my heart <laughs> i live for this this is totally my jam ways to reduce stress because I've looked into it all so if you need any um, guidance on this hit me up (laughs) one of my favorite topics of all time because it's just stress right you know how how harmful can it really be well let me tell you a high stress environment increases inflammation and increases the likelihood of disease chronic inflammation it plays a role in most disease conditions including Alzheimer's heart disease, arthritis, cancer, colitis, eczema, psoriasis, infection, diabetes, and more. There's a lot of things that can drive disease, lots of multifactorial influences, and that includes chronic stress. The first step might be just to take a step back, slow down, breathe, relax. It will allow you to become more clear with what direction will be best for you. Some things that you could try are meditations, therapy, journaling, signing up for courses that interest you. I this I always love doing this one cuz it kind of like lights up your fire a little bit and gives you that momentum and to learn something new that you could start implementing in your own life just to, you know, you know, kind of better yourself. Breathing, that's such an easy one that you can do anywhere, spending time in nature, tapping, The list is endless on this one. There's a lot of things that can help you manage stress in the moment. But keep in mind that if it's an an environmental factor, like a toxic work environment, ultimately the root problem will have to be addressed at some point. This took me a long time to realize because I mostly didn't want to believe it because sometimes addressing the root issue, actually most of the time addressing the root issue is probably the harder thing to do. And the easier thing is to kind of forget about it and just roll with the motions and try not to think about it and not take action on it. All right, guys. Pillar number five. We're almost there. This one's relationships, community, social. Not just romantic relationships. This is everyone that you interact with. You're co-workers, your friends, your loved ones, your family. They say you become what your closest friends are. So surround yourself with people who are doing things that are healthy and good and even the next level that you want to be. Don't invest your energy in people who drain it and bring you down, okay? This is important for any age. I have to tell you a quick story about one of my patients that I had. I was seeing him pretty much on a weekly basis and he normally was very quiet. Um, you know, I would try to joke around with him, but you know, just kind of more reserved. It wasn't until I asked him what his normal day to day is like that I, I realized that he is mostly alone and he doesn't have a big support system. He said he mostly watches TV all day. I asked him what he liked to do for exercise, and he said that the only form of exercise that he's doing is grabbing the remote and changing the channel with his with his thumb. <laughs> so, we laughed together for a little bit about that. But then I asked, you know, what does he like to do for fun? And he said that he used to like doing tai chi. And I noticed that when he said this, his eyes completely lit up. And this was like an uh, an elder elderly gentleman. Um. To so, who was usually very stoic, so it was just very beautiful to see you know that the smile and it not only on it on his lips but his eyes <laughs> if that makes sense, so I suggested that he sign up for a Tai Chi class, and we kind of like made a promise to each other uh I told him you know I would you know we kind of like held each other accountable um I said, how about you you look into that and then he had something for me. Um, about like reading this book but um so we we checked back in together the following week and i asked him for an update and he said that he was able to find a tai chi group with other senior citizens and they joined together in the park and do tai chi together and the change in his demeanor was infectious and it was obvious his eyes shine brighter he was smiling. He was joking with me. He, well, he actually laughed at my jokes now. Like it was like totally, totally different person. And this simple act of tying in more of a sense of community, that social aspect and that, um, the exercise aspect too. So it's all interconnected, all interconnected baby. Uh, I have chills just rethinking, reliving that story because it, it's something that is so simple When you really think about it and like the impact it really has in someone's life and that's just one example of why i got into this in the first place because if you really take a time to listen and focus on where the imbalances are what you could do to bring that balance back in lives are changing think like i it was right before my eyes I, i this was a whole different person in front of me and all it took was adding a tai chi class once a week <laughs> so it really is powerful stuff lifestyle medicine is powerful stuff um so I think our this day and age we are so hustle culture and on the go 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 gotta do this gotta do that blah 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 um which I'm guilty of it too 100 percent I've always been like that. On to the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And then I don't think it I realized the buildup um and the like the chronic stress and how it was impacting me until I took a step back when moving to Hawaii. Mostly because like not only it's like the island um what do they call it? Island time. Yeah. Island time. So everything is delayed. <laughs> it takes forever to do like paperwork and stuff like that. But taking a step back and reflecting on everything. And with that uh, kind of that isolation with not having a whole lot of like no family and not a lot of friends. Well, that sounds really sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like that isolation. Um, it gave me more time to, to see this. And I I don't know about, I don't know. I think I was just like going on to the next thing, going on to the next thing after PA school and trying to really get my foot in and um, confidence and like building myself after school. It was like I never had a time to just slow down. Um, and like, of course, I went on like vacation for like a week or here and there, but this was, this was. I, I was more uh, intentional about it, if that makes sense, um, which was totally different and life-changing. So anyways, back to um, this patient. So <laughs> this simple act of tying in that more sense of community in his life and with the, ec- the exercise and movement piece, his health started to improve. I'm just saying. It, he w- It wasn't just his mental clarity and health or what i saw from the outside you know medications can only do so much and they have their own laundry list of possible side effects of their own and seeing those to start to get decreasing from just these simple acts it's just it's powerful Mm -hmm. stuff uh that's all i'll leave that there all right (laughs) we're gonna go into pillar number six That's water consumption and diving in more water. So uh, I actually added this one kind of in there. Um, I'm a big believer in the the power of water. There's actually a lot of science coming out that's backing it. But um, we all know that water consumption is important too. So we'll get into this a little bit more. So water covers more than 70% of the earth's surface. It makes up about 50 to 70% of your body weight. Our brains are made up of 80% water. If you go a little bit too long without water, you might start to feel dizzy and out of it. There's no doubt it's essential for survival. About 2.7 liters is recommended for women and 3.7 liters for men on a daily basis. As humans, we are not only made up of mostly water, but we are also drawn to it. About 80% of the world's population lives within 60 miles of a coastline of a lake, river, or ocean. That's saying something, guys. Come on. It's not me just being water woo-woo, voodoo, healing power weirdo over here. I'm telling you, it's powerful stuff. I've always felt it my whole life, so that's why I feel so passionate about it. Spending time near large bodies of water, oceans, lakes, rivers, ponds, whatever it may be. It's a place of calm and time where you get to know yourself better. This time can bring up so many different emotions. No matter the emotions, good or bad, sad, or whatever it is, it makes you feel something. Even if someone might get a little scared of the ocean because it's so powerful and unpredictable. It it is very scary. I actually did. I think I was a little naive of like, it's true power until I moved to Hawaii. Um, Yeah. It's just very, very crazy. (laughs) And even though, so even if there's people that are, have a little bit of, um, are a little bit scared of it, it brings up the emotion of fear. So it helps draw out those emotions. Our emotions affect every decision we make and who we become. It allows us to connect with our soul and self. I talk a lot about Island Mind in the introduction episode, on the blog, the website, on Instagram. That sensation of finding clarity, confidence, and creativity while feeling joy, peace, and freedom while you're near the ocean, looking out, smelling the salty air, analyzing the rhythm of the waves, crunching your toes in the sand, diving in the salty water, and the cold almost taking your breath away. It's powerful stuff. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Vinay Saranga, he's a psychiatrist. He said that, these are his words, quote, it can lower blood pressure, decrease stress, bring on relaxation, improve creativity, and bring about a general sense of happiness. I believe that people like being around water because it reminds them of the color blue which represents relaxation, tranquility, and calmness. End quote. (laughs) Life can get so crazy with us being overwhelmed and suffocated with technology, social media, work, life conflicts, you name it. They've Also found that being near water can boost our immune system, cardiovascular system, endocrine systems. It can lower blood pressure, heart rates, cortisol levels, decrease inflammation, slow the progression of diseases. For those of us who might not have a body of water available year-round, I would definitely recommend to get away for a day, drive to the nearest body of water near you, make a day out of it. Sign up for a class in the pool, like the paddle boarding class I told you that I saw. Um, go to the local pool in the winter just to feel, dive in that water. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It seems so little, but I swear. And then afterwards, you probably will feel so much more rejuvenated. Take a bath at home, even. But I really think it's important, especially to incorporate this in the winter when that seasonal depression kicks in. Okay guys, so those are the six pillars of health and it's a matter of balancing these the best you can. Nobody's perfect. Just do the best you can and remember it's it's up to you to take charge and action on your dream life. Take control of your mind. Mind over matter, baby. Start taking action on your manifestations and once these things are more balanced, you will be more resilient to take action on your dream life your goals your desires because let's be real we can manifest and journal all the heck we want but we won't grow or won't get there without action and Rome wasn't built in a day it's a journey so be kind and gentle with yourself my goal is that each and every day you'll take care of your bodies a little bit more adopt a few new ways of thinking and love yourself a whole heck of a lot more. I I am so passionate about this stuff because I've seen so many lives change, including my own. And being more intentional with this, these basics, you will see yourself change. You will see your life change. You will see the impact you have on how you're influencing the people around you, your kids your your family your friends because it's a you that's more aligned and confident resilient so just trust the process thank you so much for spending time with me please please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast leave a five-star review and share this podcast with a friend or family member co-worker thank you so much guys for being part of our island mind tribe of badass women and uh really means so much to me um thank you so much for being here and we'll tune in next week have a good week guys bye